Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the WMBF UK podcast with me, Sarah Glanville, as your host. Today we are joined by our 2022 first-timers and novice overall women's champion and novice fit body champion, Natasha Williams. Hello, Tash. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited that we're finally getting a chance to catch up. It's been so long. I know. It seems like forever. <laughs> yeah, forever. Um, so just for our listeners, our Natasha competed with us in WMBF UK in our first timers and novice championships back in July last year. And she went on to take the novice fit body title and then on to smash the women's overall and take home the very sweet looking WMBF UK champion sword. So <laughs> did you find somewhere to keep your sword? Oh yeah, my new house. Yeah, new house. <laughs> so pride of place, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine's mine's actually up in the office. Um audio formats so we can't show anyone but um yeah <laughs> definitely got to find a special place for the for the sword um so I've really really been looking forward to us catching up um Tash it's been so long since we've seen each other I think we said it was the first timers event last year yeah and we definitely have so much to chat about and catch up on so um I also want to find out what you've been up to since we last spoke and what your plans are for a return to stage but we do have a really interesting topic of conversation for the podcast today, and that is excelling as a hybrid athlete. So I guess the perfect place for us to start then, Tash, is for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your less traditional route into bodybuilding. Yeah, so I guess my my main sport really is CrossFit. <laughs> um, yeah. at CrossFit Midway, <laughs> represented. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've done that for the last kind of five to six years. Um, I mean, before that, really, I, I did a few kind of things like I trained, I did a half marathon. Um, I did a little bit of kind of hypertrophy training here and there, had PT. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, predominantly my core sport um, is CrossFit, I think, before bodybuilding journey, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess uh, like always training for performance, never for aesthetic, really. Um, so I kind of had no idea what I was in for when, when I started on the bodybuilding journey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just had loads of questions in my mind about kind of how I might look, you know, categories, heels, all of that kind of stuff, yeah. just complete um, far, far throw from, from the CrossFit world. Uh, so, so yeah, I am um, quite a big shift for me, but also really complimentary, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm really keen to deep, like dive into that, kind of how they complement each other. But it's really interesting that that CrossFit's your kind of main sport. Obviously, as you say, you, you found yourself competing last year and it is, there's just so much, they're, they're so different, I think, like competitively, um, training style and stuff as well. What was it that made you look at bodybuilding um, alongside your CrossFit that you're doing, that you were doing? Yes. Yeah, so again, it was, it was a bit of a um, uh, unorthodox route, I suppose. I am, um, without giving CrossFit its bad name for injury, I, I unfortunately over lock, the lockdown period, I had two um, injuries, one after the other. So I sprained my ankle when I was out on a run and um, I tore my rotator cuff quite soon after that. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, rough to be fair. Um, and that was, that was just as lockdown had started. So I was out of the game in a lot of ways for a fair while yeah. and really I was looking for something that would help me kind of maintain a little bit of a, a focus and a goal and an element of competitiveness but you know without having this the the weight of the same performance goals that I had in CrossFit so obviously there's a lot of um like high rep range you know you, you yeah. a lot of load um in in quite unstable movements in crossfit yeah. compared with bodybuilding where you're you know you, you are doing a bit more of that sort of mind body connections or slower movements so i found that really was one of the factors that kind of led me towards looking at that in the first place kind of rebuilding um recentering finding a new goal and a new outlet so i kind of yeah i started doing 
some of the the training that I thought would be in keeping with with that goal yeah um started really really enjoying it and then I just kind of started putting the feelers out doing a bit of research and yeah. it, it was actually I, I said to um to my partner I said oh you know I'm just thinking about this and he found the idea of me um <laughs> you know trying to walking in hills on a stage he found it quite funny because he knows what I'm like I'm not really a hills kind of girl so he uh, for my birthday put me some posing lessons and I mean he was he was funny but I actually really enjoyed it (laughs) and I learned loads from it and then after that point I thought you know what actually maybe I I could do this so um yeah that was kind of the beginning of the journey really um a bit of an unconventional one I guess yeah a little bit untraditional I think it's funny because we talk about injury and, and obviously you're kind of saying without giving CrossFit a bad name with uh, sort of leading to injury I think we see the same on the the bodybuilding side of the sport it's just when people are so invested in their sport and they want to continually be pro- pushing for progression pu- pushing for performance goals I think everyone it kind of you can lead to you know potentially picking up an injury or two but it's so interesting that that has led you into trying something different and trying to you know trying something you know, to help aid your recovery and to also not feel like you're missing out on that kind of drive and that that competitive edge that you have and with yourself and the things that keep you excited and motivated with your training, even though you're trying something slightly different, it's um, going to keep helping you tick that box uh, personally uh, on a drive front. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and, I, and you're right, like in terms of the connectivity, because I think the community and uh, uh, you know, my experience of like in my gym and, and in, in that sort of uh, within CrossFit has been, it's, it's really community driven and yeah. everyone, you know, sort of motivates each other and, and encourages each other. And I think I, I really wanted to still feel a part of that, um, which I was still able to do through using, you know, diff- just different techniques and, and, and ways of training. Um, and that was kind of before I even got to the point of being able to feel really integral to the bodybuilding community, yeah. which was obviously a really similar experience. I mean, you're kind of on your own trajectory, but you're doing that alongside other people and learning from others. And and, and yeah, it really, it really kind of, um, that's something that's really, yeah, it's a really core value and something that really motivates me in training. So just to find that crossover between the two was was really great for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. So um, you obviously injured your rotator cuff, you sprained your ankle, um, and that kind of led you to try and our bodybuilding style training and did you you obviously had a bit of an awareness of bodybuilding before because you obviously you came to this yourself that you'd seen the heels and the glitz and the glam and you thought you might be quite cool if I could try and maybe think about doing that and um, so how, what was your exposure to bodybuilding before you jumped in to the sport oh <laughs> not an awful lot but um I, I always looked at well particularly the, the female athletes for obvious reasons and you know just just with um, amazement really just okay how how have they achieved that like what is it required to get to that um again sort of really not been that exposed to kind of aesthetic goals and what it requires to get to that point so I kind of I felt like at the beginning of the journey I had a fairly good idea of sort of nutrition and how to train but obviously that was for performance goals rather than anything else so yeah I would say on reflection quite limited um a couple of friends of mine have previously competed but um again I, I just don't think I had a, a deep understanding of, of of that route and and what that entailed for them so yeah I would say I was pretty fresh yeah <laughs> and I think that I think that until you're immer- until you're immersed in the scene you you do you only see the I suppose the highlight reel on social media or you know, even like the the very sort of high level athletes that are out there doing this as you know professional athletes, that's the that's what we see, and it's it's um it's really hard to know what it takes to go into it until you're actually immersed in it or you you speak to people who are involved in the sport. I suppose it's the same for me. Like I have very limited understanding of CrossFit, so for me, it's the, I see a lot of what happens at the games, you know, the CrossFit games yeah. or during the Open, and it is very much like the highlight reel. So until you start taking part in the sport it's it's hard to know what you're walking into um so, so I guess just from my limited understanding of CrossFit I feel like the training styles are obviously completely different you know CrossFit's very much about performance and endurance and um you know probably strength and I think there's a lot of technical skill that's involved in it so 
and with Olympic lifting and whatnot and gymnastics movements. So how did you find the switch from training on that for, for those purposes and for those goals to training for hypertrophy? How was that change for you? Yeah, so it did feel quite different in terms of the structure. I think yeah. there were some things that crossed over, which was which was great because, you know, like your core kind of compound lifts and things like that were they're integral to both. So, yeah. so that was that was familiar territory. Um, it was more kind of about understanding, you know, like the rep the rep ranges, like how your um, like progressive overload, just things that like yeah. are probably quite bread and butter to a lot of um you know bodybuilding athletes and I'd like to fix myself now (laughs) just just weren't really there for me just because of the style of training like uh, you know within CrossFit um but yeah I I think it it was it it felt good like it felt it felt nice to be to be um accessing that and and really actually you know so so training things that we focus on less in CrossFit so stuff like we we don't do an awful lot of kind of um we do a lot of overhead pressing work, but we don't do a lot of like bench press and, and, and that yeah. kind of thing. So that was quite cool to kind of, uh, yeah, really, really integrate that. And, and it sort of reminded me of the things that I don't do on, on an everyday yeah. that, that then became available to me. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it, it at the same time, it was a bit of a challenge because, you know, you're sometimes you're thinking a lot about, well, a lot of the time in CrossFit, you're thinking about efficiency. Yeah. Um, whereas you, you've kind of got a different angle when when you're training for hypertrophy so yeah so, something's familiar something's uh, very different yeah <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking you know uh, very much I'm sorry when I'm thinking back I'm thinking about prep really because yeah. the whole of the off season I I wasn't being coached um so so by an, by you know anyone within the bodybuilding community so um I guess I, I missed that portion of, of, of what that might entail really in yeah. a structured way. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until prep and obviously you're, you're very structured during that time. Um, yeah. So so that did feel quite big, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, w- I was gonna ask, I was kind of gonna ask this. So in terms of when you were, when you were injured and you obviously knew that CrossFit wasn't something that you could, or should be doing a lot of whilst you were going through your recovery was did someone say to you that you might want to try a different style of training or did was that just completely self-led you also said you took yourself through that style of training but was that self-led no so I mean I've got to give a lot of credit really to my physio Natalie restorative motion she is amazing um she yeah, well, in a time when I had very little advice, support, guidance, because it was locked down yeah. and I was in a lot of pain and feeling really sorry for myself, um, she gave so much guidance and support. And part of what, she, yeah, I guess she kind of planted some seeds there because, you know, she was talking to me about all the biomechanics of my shoulder and kind of where it needed to be strengthened in order to get back to a level of performance. Um, and, and, you know, some of the rehab movements she gave me were in keeping with with you know how how I um, might think about certain you know bodybuilding training um and and yeah I guess I guess her suggestion of you know strengthening all around the area supporting muscle groups etc um did open the door to those conversations um so so yeah I, I do have to give her the credit for that she saw me through the whole journey uh, as well yeah. at those times when I really thought um there wasn't any light at the end of the tunnel so so that was a little um uh, a sprinkle of inspiration in there um and actually when when I was sort of dabbling with the idea well I guess I was a bit more invested than dabbling but but you know I got in touch with uh pro prep um and I, I had a a conversation with Steph and she she was so good at kind of you know reframing all my thoughts around it um and and encouraging me to to really go for that goal yeah um so so yeah that really solidified the view that yeah actually okay this is something that's helpful this is something that's going to support my recovery this is something that's going to um you know reinvigorate my confidence um because I because I think I I mean really in true I mean I was still in some of the the recovery phase at that point still you know um I mean it functions a lot better now but but even a year or so down the line it was it was still yeah not a full capacity so so yeah I guess there were a few um 
little inspirations along the way there as well <laughs> yeah no absolutely um I mean it makes sense that you know you're kind of directed in that and then you, I think you come across to me and for every, every time we've spoken Tash that you're a, an incredibly driven person you're someone who is, is driven by goals and is driven by feeling like you're working towards something so I think with injury you know you probably were just calling out for a, a way to positively channel that energy and, and feel like you were progressing that looked slightly different to the way that you were used to kind of fulfilling that that drive within yourself and and obviously as you as you alluded to it's a huge injury you're still there's still elements still that you're still recovering almost a year later how did you find that recovery process? Because how did you find that process being injured and then and then going through a, a slow recovery that required a lot of work from you to strengthen and rebuild the, the the tissue and the muscle around there? Oh yeah, I mean, long game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd like to say I'm a patient person, but um, I think I learned during that time that maybe I'm not. Um, it took yeah, no, it, it it's um it's the first kind of real sports injury that I'd had so I, I didn't really have any other gauge for like how long something yeah. might take to to fully recover um and yeah it 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 was tough um I think like I say with with those elements of guidance that really really helped and I, I think it helped me kind of see that yeah there is there is a process there is like at the end of the tunnel it is going to improve it's not um it doesn't it's not always linear there is going to be pain yeah. and there is going to be discomfort but you know actually if you've gone from not being able to even lift your arm to 90 degrees to being able to overhead press even half of maybe what you could yeah 12 months ago that is progress and it will continue to 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 get there um I think I learned a lot from it yeah. <laughs> um it helped me understand my body and its movement better yeah um, so you know just a bit more about because I always thought i again looked after myself quite well in terms of um you know stretching warming up doing all them things that you're meant to do but um yeah I think it, it taught me a few lessons in, in in that regard as well so yeah and also yeah again so with with the bodybuilding training the, the mind body connection stuff just so important and not only for you know ensuring that you're getting the most out of the workout but also to ensure that yeah okay am I engaging those lazy muscles that, yeah. that are going to take over um at the point of you know the week one kind of going um sorry when the lazy ones give up yeah yeah um, yeah so so I think yeah lots of progress lots of learning um but not a great not a, not a wonderful experience um at the time when it first not occurred <laughs> I think injury is a hard one because it's it's nothing that you would ever want anyone to experience to learn mm. the lessons that you've learned but um I think that it's just the it probably speaks volumes about you personally that you know you, you take something like that happens and you you're you're redirected but you're 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 you try to see the light in it and you try to take the positives out of it and you have learned something from it and um I suppose we're all a little bit guilty at times of you know we're incredibly invested in what training gives us and, and loving the process of training but taking the shortcuts when it comes to a warm-up or taking you know we're short on time and it's not warming up properly that's the bit that goes because you'd rather just get stuck in and do the bit that really you feel it matters but as we progress and as loads get heavier and skills get more challenging um to to do well consistently that's when injuries can creep in because you know we're, we're putting our bodies under a lot of strain and a lot of stress so it sounds like it's not been a lesson that you necessarily wanted, but and now you've had the lesson, it's it's hopefully going to help to continue level leveling you up as an athlete as as time goes on. Um, so it sounds like you obviously got so much from training um in that kind of bodybuilding style way. Um and you kind of had an understanding of the sport before you kind of got really into it and that kind of as you say probably more than just an interest there was a wee bit of an investment there thinking about potentially long term you could step on stage what changed for you like what clicked that made you go yeah I'm gonna do it I'm gonna decide to compete in this bodybuilding thing um I, I'm really enjoying this um I I think following that conversation with Steph yeah and her talking about her experience and 
I mean, okay, so so I'm going to divulge now. So I I wasn't on Instagram <laughs> prior to yeah. any of this either. So that was also new. Um, I was a little bit resistant to that, but but um, anyway, I've I've um, I've I've caved, indulged. <laughs> um, so so I guess yeah, that was that was another bit about I guess why there was some lack of exposure. Um, so but but yeah, so I guess after after that that conversation with with Steph and her talking about her experience, I, I still sort of thought yeah, okay, maybe this this is this feels really accessible. It feels really aligned with my values. Um, in terms of what I'd like to achieve and in terms of the way I'd like to do it so um yeah I mean looking into competing as as a natural athlete you know I, I was looking at what my options were um and when I kind of looked at you know sort of WNBF and you know as a, such a well-respected federation um and and just the vibe that I got from that um yeah. I just thought yeah this 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 kind of speaks to me in a way that I think is going to suit me quite nicely um yeah I, I'm trying to think when the kind of uh penny drop moment was I, I don't know that the, there was a massive one but that was certainly a, that that was a turning point where I felt yeah this is actually something I can do um yeah and it's gonna and it's gonna be a nice fit for me yeah yeah um, and the community feels like something that I want to be involved in and um, I think we spoke a lot as well about, um, I know this is sort of a bit of a Steph catchphrase, but like staying in your own lane. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, I think particularly in light of having injury, really needing to do that for my own well-being and just, you know, it's, it's, it's just a good thing to be able to do anyway, but a big bit of learning for me, I think um, that that was something that I thought, yeah, okay, so I can stay in my own lane and also do something that feels competitive and like an achievement um and that felt like a good forum to be able to do that yeah yeah I um I think with that that phrase of staying in your own lane I think that as like initially on the surface of it you feel like you're quite you know people say that and it feels quite pigeonholed and I think that something for me that I've kind of learned in the last over just to be honest over prep and kind of as I feel like I'm maturing as, as an adult as well as you're staying in your own lane is just about being authentic to who you are and you know if you're driven competitively and if you're driven um you know you as long as you're doing something that feels like it's being true to you that is your lane do you know like it's not about yeah. sticking to one sport or sticking to one um yeah one particular area of interest and you're not allowed to look out with that you know if if you find enjoyment and passion and drive in something do it go go for it um so I, I'm so glad that I mean I think that it's been a, a great choice for you to sort of dip your toe in the competitive bodybuilding scene um, and I'm, I'm glad that you obviously mentioned as well about the community aspect within natural bodybuilding and within the within the WNBF UK in particular and because I understand how much of an important part of that is within the CrossFit community and I do feel like we have so much of that within the natural side of the sport um you know, for me, that's been probably the the biggest thing that's been the draw to me to the sport is, is the, the community element and meet, meeting people who are like-minded. Um, so I'm glad that you kind of seen that and, and and that's kind of also what helped bring you through the journey. Um, So you had decided you were going to compete. Did you know already what category you were going to move towards? Because um, you obviously would have a great foundation of muscle through the competitive stuff you've been doing with CrossFit and, and training previous. Um, so at the beginning, absolutely none. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I was clueless. Um, I, 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 I started doing my research, as I say, and yeah. you know, but there were so many because I was looking at other federations as well, sort of prior to um, entering the competitions that I did. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a minefield, isn't it? It's confusing, and you know, even when you read the um, the criteria, you're thinking, okay, but but am I what am I going to look like? Because yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know what my body was going to look like when, when you know, I started um, prep or, you know, when body fat percentages start coming down. Like I, I had no real idea of what that was going to look like. I was fairly confident that I wasn't going to meet bikini criteria very well. Um, yeah. Again, just because the style of training I've done before, um, I, I I thought I'd fit well into 
figure because obviously it's one of the broader categories yeah. across a lot of um the federations so so that was kind of my estimate my best guess yeah. um and again it was only when i i um started with ProPrep and, and we were having conversations about that that you know i i, I sort of then became aware of, of the fit body class but again i i had no real idea of you know well am i going to be big enough am i am i going to be have enough enough musculature for that am, am i going to be able to get lean enough like what's my body going to look like so i was really guided during prep and um, by you know the pros the people that know so yeah. um that was really helpful i mean i did compete so two weeks before the wmbf show I, I did compete with pca and again so their their categories are entirely different and yeah. um, you know that even their figure class is split into into three so so i competed in the athletic figure category yeah um but as i say it was it was a little bit of a stab in the dark um i did have some guidance from um the posing coach that i'd worked with before um starting with yeah. pro prep uh stacy boyce and she she did give me a bit of a clue as to where she thought i might sit but i think in my own mind i i just thought oh I'm looking at these girls and thinking oh, wow is, is my body really gonna look like that so yeah. you know a bit of imposter syndrome I guess but oh, um God. you know so no yeah category that was a that was a learning curve and um, I, I think it's I think it's one of these things that it's really hard to tell before before you start because as you as you said you, you you're never going to know what you look like until you're stage lean um and I think that what you've done is like the, is the right thing to do you just have to go to the people who are going to have the best educated guests and it gives you gives you an idea but also stay very open to being flexible and as you get through prep really this is actually where I where I sit um so that that's and you know it, it is hard as well when you're looking at multiple federations and they all call things slightly something different um because I think that you know the the fit body class within the WMBF UK is very much the is the athletic kind of figure look within PCA. Um, it's you know very much a, a similar frame to figure, but slightly more muscular, slightly um more lean. Um, so it sounds like that. I think was the perfect place for you to sit. Obviously, last year. Um, but also you know things can change, and as uh, people progress through classes. Um, but for someone like yourself who has come is coming into the sport with a long training history a long competitive training history and albeit a different sport you know it's very unlikely that you would have come in and, and went into bikini being the softest smallest class and it was the you know it's everyone's journey is completely different into bodybuilding like a lot of females come in at, at sort of at bikini often and then progress um as I'm doing but um it's yes it's everyone's journey is completely different into the sport and you just have to go in open-minded and and see speak to people who know and then yeah. use your judgment through the process as well yeah definitely it's an ongoing review isn't it as well during prep yeah absolutely um so in terms of that fit body class or the the figure class that you were thinking that was where you're going to step um did you coming into prep did you think to yourself right I've actually got areas of my physique that I'd like to bring up to help me suit the class better was there anything that you changed in your training to focus on particular areas of your physique so I think I I gave uh, Steph really limited time so I I was really probably a bit too relaxed about the whole situation so I contacted her when we we had uh so I would have had 18 weeks Mm -hmm. uh, 16 weeks to prep for the first show yep. 18 weeks for the second so I mean <laughs> we needed to get started ASAP um so we didn't have an off-season together where we could kind of do a lot of where you know where we might have done that sort of building but yeah um, obviously you know we did have a focus during um during prep and, and the opportunity to kind of tweak and sort of work on certain things so um so a little bit of that was was sort of um quads and hams um I mean I love training legs <laughs> yeah I can do that 24 7 but it's it's yeah that was that was one of the things and I think as well for me you know the last place um like to to start showing any sort of definition you know is sort of hamstring area so um 
yeah, wasn't entirely sure where that how that was going to sit as we were sort of really, you know, coming into um, sort of peak week. So um, that was that was one element. Also, um, sort of chest and tries. So yeah. um, as I say, you know, as I said before, in, in CrossFit, we, we don't kind of we don't do a lot of that style of lift or we, or we don't have yeah. my box. So um, so, yeah, so so quite a lot more chest training than I than I thought we would be doing, which was interesting and fun. And I like that. So um oh and my and triceps so um I, and, and that was interesting as well for me because I thought I I sort of have quite dominant tricep um yeah. but but it was kind of about getting a bit of balance balance um, yeah yeah so so some things that were surprising um but you know I don't mind doing a <laughs> just surprising a bit of balance yeah I think as well it, it goes down to as a first timer I think in particular having someone in your corner that that knows and that can look at your physique and can see the things that you know for for example for for you and, and Steph and she was saying you you always thought triceps I've got really you know dominant triceps and but for her eye to say actually let's work on this because we want to bring a bit more balance out through that um through the the triceps um on your frame so yeah, I think that that's really interesting and it's it just shows again the, the benefit of having someone in your corner with that experience. Um, 100%. Abs- yeah. I absolutely agree because those, yeah, it was something that I'd I'd sort of tailed off training triceps a little bit because I was concerned that they were going to, I mean, they're not massive, but they I felt <laughs> like they, don't, they were going to dwarf my delts and I was really yeah. concerned about that. So it was interesting then to hear her perspective um and and like I say yeah it's so important to have someone that really knows yeah when they're looking at a physique and how exactly it should look to, you know specific to the class yeah um, so yeah yeah it's great um and I, like you said like I think it's something that comes that happens to most of us women just how body fat is distributed it is kind of our legs and and glutes and hams that does take the longest for any definition to show and I think that it's also important that we come into prep and like you said obviously ideally you would have a nice off season to kind of really target areas before you start prep and um but coming into prep not coming in with the idea that obviously all the hard work's done now it's just about getting the body fat off there's still so much time that you can invest and although it's very likely unlikely that we're going to be building a lot of ton of muscle and especially in in really well-trained individuals who are not at the beginning of their training journey but it's still coming into sessions with that intensity and with that targeted mindset of, right, okay, so for example, my delts, I need to work on my delts, so hammering delts the whole way through to make sure that if there's any little win that we can have, we're, we're going to be taking it. Um, and then mm-hmm. for you, it was obviously with a uh, chest and, and your lower body. So yeah, it's really, uh, really interesting. So you decided you were going to compete last year. What helped you decide which federations you were going to compete with and why in particular did you decide to compete with the WMBF UK? So I wanted to obviously compete in a first-timers uh, competition and I with um, PCA I knew that they had a lot of first-timers events so it gave quite a lot of scope as to when I could compete and you know as I said earlier like I didn't have a lot of knowledge or experience around how long prep was going to take and that kind of thing yeah. so um it was a bit about timing I'd also had some feedback you know to say it was a well-run kind of first time as event so I thought you know let's go with it. it looks fun um and with WMBF yeah it was again it the timing was really nice it was it was two weeks after that first show it was sort of the the pinnacle really of the of the, um the first time as natural um yeah. calendar for me so I I thought yeah do you know what that needs to be the sort of ultimate goal and if I've had a sort of you know um a bit of experience so close to that one um then then hopefully that will serve me well and help me feel a bit more confident within that realm yeah. um and, and I wanted to kind of get a feel for you know the natural bodybuilding world you know as a natural athlete and also to try my hand in 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 one that um where there are enhanced athletes and just to kind of see how how that you know whether that experience was different in any way or or you yeah. know how I might how I might fare yeah. <laughs> really um I think as well you know knowing that um just in the standard as well of some of the athletes that have previously competed for WMBF was just really inspiring you know seeing what people can achieve 
Um, and yeah, that sense of community felt really strong within that. And, and, and you know, it, it really did um, throughout the journey and then also um, on show day, most definitely. Um, yeah. So yeah, really, just really exciting, really enjoyed both experiences really. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that for, so I think ideally, like we looking back at last year, um, I would have loved to have competed in a first timers event as a first timer. Um, and it was obviously great that you kind of planned your season out that way. I jumped in and made my decision about geographically where I was going to compete and what my first show was going to be. So um, mm -hmm. I decided to go for a, a show that was based in Scotland for my first show. And initially was going to be doing one show. And then I thought, well, if I'm getting shape, I might as well do another show. And then, and then it kind of snowballed from there. Um, but I ended up actually deciding to do kind of the the four shows that I did to start the my my other first season because the first timers and novice championships the WNBF was for me it was six weeks after my first show and I put a couple of shows in between to kind of help me mm -hmm. keep on plan through that that first little six week period because I think that as you said it's really the the pinnacle of natural bodybuilding and there's actually a stage dedicated for first timers and novice athletes so first timers obviously we mean you both competed in the novice classes so I guess it's, it's probably quite good if we could explain what like a, a novice athlete is for people in comparison to just a first timer athlete I don't know if you want to do that Cash do you feel confident to do that <laughs> I'll do my best so so yeah so uh, so to use my own experience so yeah. I would have been a first time absolute first time on stage when I competed in my first show yeah. um but then because I had done that as a first timer you can't step on stage again in the same um well ever <laughs> as yeah. a first timer um so for the rest of that season you're a novice athlete so hence I was novice athlete when I um yeah. came to the WMBF stage two weeks after my first show <laughs> so my yeah. season was a lot shorter than yours yeah yeah um yeah I don't know I I decided to go for a marathon apparently on my first year the definition of the rules for WMBF as a novice competitor is anyone who has not placed in a previous year of competing but me and you both had had never placed in a previous year of competing because we'd never competed in a previous year so as you say we were first timers and then we remained a novice for the rest of the season so there's um that first timer show that first timer novice championship championship for WNBF UK is a perfect place to to step on stage if you're a natural athlete in your first season and um, the novice classes are there for you to to enjoy which is really really great um and I think you obviously mentioned about the community aspect I think that Steph and Andy have done an incredible job of building the community environment around the WNBF UK and it's you know it's obvious to people by just kind of absorbing information about the federation how athlete led and how experience led it is um that i mean i don't know if you want to talk about your exposure to the WNBF UK but that helped you decide to step on stage with them last year yeah so i could see that real investment in athletes who had you know competed with the federation and and their investment so i think you know when you can see that 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 sort of co-productive reciprocal thing between you know the the federation and the athletes well I mean the athletes are the federation it's just you know yeah. it, it just that really is evident and I think you know if some you know the amount of sort of investment again you know yeah. that, that inspires in, in people really speaks volumes and I think you know just people being out on on the on the day like you know on the out on the floor just kind of offering guidance and support and um you know just being available I think is is just a real key part of of making that feel like a proper community environment yeah. um, and just really I don't know just supportive um yeah I, I think that was that's second to none honestly um it, and and it's it's really powerful especially when you're you know you, you're backstage you, you might know a little bit or you might know nothing at all or you know you you know yeah. everyone's at different stage in, in the in the season whatever but it it's it it is it really helps you kind of center um and and feel confident and at home and yeah i think that that's that's such a powerful thing for for them to have kind of cultivated and and um really part of the culture yeah within wmbf 
Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, it all comes to life in one place on show day. It's so obvious to anyone who kind of steps in the theatre that day, whether you're, you know, an athlete competing or someone who's standing backstage, you're sort of sitting in the audience watching or working backstage. Everyone kind of is there for each other and is pulling for each other. It's such a nice environment. Um, but I think as well, for me, I just felt that it was so everything in the lead up to that first timers and novice championships it just was so obvious that it was a first timers and novice event because of the level of support that was given to us on the run-up to the event so there was guidance from tanners there was guidance from the makeup and you know the makeup team even for the makeup team to come out and go so these are looks that we've done before on people we know that no one's going to have had a look before so these are ideas let us know what you think we're happy to collaborate with you and i like you don't necessarily get that from other federations that I competed with anyway. It was just so obvious that there was extra additional level of guidance and support for people because they were acutely aware that everyone that was coming in the door that day was new to the sport. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that in itself just gave a real environment for people to um, to be okay with not knowing and to be comfortable to say, actually, can you help me? Because I'm not 100% sure here, which is when you're talking about a competitive environment, not everyone always wants to put their hands up and say, do you want to help? Do you want to help me? I'm a little bit <laughs> lost here, but it was that was just not the case um, with the WMBF UK on that day. I think. No, I agree. The communication was, yeah, fantastic. The guidance yeah. was there, um, and there was yeah, like you say, there was never a silly question. It was just kind of you know, you know, what do you need? How can we help? Yeah. You know, laid it out, um, and and yeah, I, I'm that that was really helpful actually. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're thinking about timings and you're trying to get you know like bikinis sorted and fitted and you know understanding how to put a figure suit on whatever it is like, it's just you know <laughs> you know you just want you just want a bit of guy you know even stuff as basic as like you know what jewelry can I wear how does it differ to um the the um the morning to the evening yeah. portion of the show you know just those things that are obviously, you know, they're available within the criteria it's laid out, but, you know, when you've got so many things to think about um, and, you know, you, you've been on prep for however many weeks, yeah, you do sometimes <laughs> need a bit more handholding and a little bit more prompting and a little bit more, you know, of someone um, sort of just, just reminding you um, that, that, that you're okay and that you're doing yeah. what you need to do. Um, totally. Um, no, that that's brilliant. And it sounded like it was an incredibly positive experience for you on that show day. Um, how 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 did you find the competitive element element and how did you find I suppose how does that differ from like a crop like how does that environment differ for you from like a CrossFit sort of competitive environment? Yeah, good question. You know, um, I I guess I mean the focus is, you know again is in, is entirely different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think when once you're there on show day, I mean essentially. 99% of the work is done. I mean, obviously there's still work to do on yeah. stage, you're posing, like, you know, you're gonna have your, your routine and whatnot, um, but but you're kind of where you need to be. You're at that point, yeah. it, the work has been done. You're here to just enjoy and perform and soak it all up. Um, I, I think when, when in a crossing environment, it's a, it's a tiny bit different because you're, you're sort of getting ready to put all of that stuff to go and perform. So. Well, maybe that is similar actually, but I but it felt different. It felt different. I felt a lot more relaxed on show day for bodybuilding, knowing that there were certain things that were kind of in the bag and the work was done and that I could just go out and enjoy it. Yeah. Um it, it, it yeah, it felt like a different experience for me, even though I've not described that very well. <laughs> no, 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 actually I think you've done it. I think you described it perfectly. I think that um it is that weird one because I think for me and you, we actually did spend quite a lot of the day together backstage. Yeah. But we were in a very similar headspace where like exactly what you said, like to me, I think a lot of the competitive or the, the competing coming into a bodybuilding show is done on your own in the weeks, the months before you actually ever step on stage. It's the relentless yeah. commitment to making sure that you're ticking every single box that you need to do. So you will be ready on show day and the show day experience is the part that you come in and you just get to show it off. Like that's the, to me, that was literally like the victory, I kept calling it like the victory lap, like before you've even 
worried about placing or anything like that like that's the time that you go to have fun that's celebrating the marathon event that you've just completed to get ready for for show um but in comparison to other other sports like obviously like crossfit i've competed in the past in different sports and you it's about your performance on the day that actually is is what the only thing that matters and in, in, in all reality like you can you can practice and you can sort of train and and try to peak your performance for that day but it just you know if you wake up and you've got a stomach bug on the day well I suppose that would also affect your abilities on uh, a <laughs> but you know if you wait if you wake up and you and something doesn't go quite to plan it's it's there's a lot that can go wrong on the day with your performance that will impact the outcome of of how well you do in a competitive element in another sport um, I think that's a, a much more coherent way of, of describing what I was trying to explain. But yeah, I, I, I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, the, on the victory lap. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's how it. Yeah, that's how it felt differently. Because, like yeah. you say, you know, you could you, in your training for CrossFit or a different sport, you could, you know, PB. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen when you, you step out on, into a competitive yeah. environment. And, and and you know, like you say, you might have a tight shoulder or you might have a whatever. Yeah not had enough sleep um and that can massively impact performance but yeah, yeah I think I think as well it would you know obviously you are looking at who else is going to be in your lineup um mm. but I think it just it just feels so it's just it's just nice to see like I think as well like particularly um I don't I don't know if this was just um in our um you know when we on the day when we did it but there were a lot of female athletes backstage and you know you're looking at oh okay who's doing what and and you know everyone just looks amazing and and yeah. and, and different so um that was yeah just just good stuff really yeah I think I, I think I said something like this um last last time when I was speaking to Ian just I think if you love to me, my my perception anyway, if you love the sport, if you love bodybuilding as a sport because you love the idea of seeing what you can achieve aesthetically with the human body and you are looking to develop mus you know, musculature and, and you're looking to also push yourself to sort of extreme levels of conditioning to show that off. If you love that as a sport, you're you can't help but love when other people do it well like I just mm -hmm. I just love seeing other people who are in incredible shape I just think that it's so inspiring um it shows you what's possible and it shows you it's like a celebration of the sport I think and, and that's how it feels when everyone's dressed up and tanned up and's got their, their sparkly costume on and their makeup done and I, I just I love it and I think that um you know it's for me it was almost easy to forget that there's a competitive element to it sometimes because you're just so excited to be around everyone else who loves this really niche thing that most people don't understand um no 100 yeah. and, and like you know I remember stepping um when we on stage when we went back out for the overalls yeah and um there there were it, well, it was really nice actually there, there was um one of the girls I'd, I'd um, met actually originally at the PCA yeah. um so to then see her again at um WMBF UK and to get the opportunity to step on stage with her um you know that was that was great it was it was really cool because we were in different um uh, classes so it meant that we we hadn't had that opportunity previously yeah. um so to be able to kind of you know go out and do that um just made it all the more fun <laughs> yeah. and, and like you say you just get to see other people and how you know how they look and and yeah that really excited me as well it was really great yeah, that's amazing how did you find the overall like did you expect to be there or what like tell me no it, like <laughs> yeah it just blew my mind and I think like I mean we were all kind of backstage and just I think the the genuine feeling was just I don't know like oh I get to step out with all these yeah. people who look phenomenal yeah. and I'm just gonna you know whoever take I mean it wasn't really in my mind who, who was gonna take that but it yeah. was just yeah I don't know I just was looking at everyone thinking oh my god what, what a privilege yeah <laughs> this is so cool what a um, yeah yeah um no I yeah I did not expect that at all it, yeah just just I don't think it's set in actually um like what would happen um for 
a good few days um yeah me either I think we actually were messaging each other like like a week later being like oh my god that actually happened yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy um, and also like, oh how do I pose with the sword I haven't prepared for this what <laughs> Don't. I actually was like to Steph like a little bit annoyed afterwards because I worked with Steph <laughs> proposing last year and I was like you didn't we didn't talk about what to do with the sword like I actually cringed so much so, some of the pictures of me with the sword because I'm literally <laughs> just standing there like <laughs> what do I do with this and I was uh, like am I going to get arrested if I take it yeah. out like what's going to happen I remember looking at her corner <laughs> of the stage and I was just like do I what do I do I and she was just she put her hands up so I was like okay yeah, I'll do that and I think there was one picture where I spotted my family in, in the the crowd and I'm just like like I was looking a bit leery actually at that point but I was just like I can't believe it and I was just so excited um but, but yeah. for everyone listening and not on and not watching the YouTube me and me and Tash look very awkward with our swords that was that was that was the story we looked very awkward um but no incredible um yeah I mean you you looked phenomenal on the day like I yeah I worthy worthy winner of the the overall sword it was you know such a you, you looked incredible and the, the whole lineup was incredible the whole day was just amazing like every athlete stepped on stage was was top class I, I think it's hard to believe that that was a first timers and novice event with the standard of athletes um so yeah amazing it was I guess that brings us nicely on to what you've been up to since you stepped off stage so stepped off stage last year after the first timers event and what have you been doing since then so we had our sort of you know all the post-show kind of just you know dust settling um, yeah. and, and um reversing out um and you know just started a really kind of what I feel has quite been quite a productive off-season um, which again sort of my first experience of that because I didn't yeah. have that as I said you know prior to the show so um, we've had quite clear goals in mind and balance that really really nicely with CrossFit and my yeah. you know so that, both elements of my training which has been great for me I've seen um, some you know p- performance um, improvements uh, since uh, you know the, doing all the kind of hypertrophy style stuff um, throughout last year, and yeah, just been a really interesting few few months. Yeah. We've done um, you know sort of a, a bit more of a, a powerlifting kind of focus as well to kind of get numbers up and, and some strength back. Um, trying to work on getting a more mature X frame. So I did the first kind of block that we we really focused on Seth called it the the cobra back yeah <laughs> um and and yeah you know it, it worked wonders I'm, I'm I'm I could feel that you know I could see it and yeah. it was a lot of kind of lat focus width focus depth focus training so and I love that so and it's and like I say it's, it's definitely helped with things like my Olympic lifts yeah as well so so beneficial all round and we've taken a slightly different um focus over the last couple of months I did have a couple of CrossFit competitions dotted in as well yeah. um so yeah there's there's been a fair few things going on there yeah um, but the guidance and 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 coaching during the off season has been great just for for both you know sides of um of my training yeah. um so busy no so you're you're obviously I was, I was really keen to find out how that split was looking for you so you're still focusing of course on bringing up your physique and and developing a more competitive physique for next time you step on stage as a bodybuilder you're also you had as you say crossfit competitions you're also still competing as a crossfit athlete so how does the balance look for you across the week with the two sports cool so <laughs> so um yeah it's busy there's there's quite a lot <clears throat> um and yeah so Steph kind of allows me a bit of license or she has them with some of the blocks as to kind of yeah. when I do things in um which I I like that really helps me in terms of the flexibility because the the CrossFit programming can um vary um so and and sometimes it, you know there'll be some crossover so so that's it just allows me a bit of flexibility yeah. which is really great and allows me to kind of get everything in so generally I'll be training CrossFit sort of well it's changed a few times but maybe sort of three times maybe four yeah. times a week 
um but generally three and then I'll have my Olympic lifting sessions which could be once or twice in the week and then my hypertrophy sessions could be you know three to four sessions within the week so I'll get my full rest day um it should be two full rest days sometimes it has been two full rest days sometimes I'll do my early lifts um on my other rest day so there's yeah. loads <laughs> a lot of yeah. a lot that sounds like a lot so you, you do two sessions a day um yeah that, that's generally how I'd work it so like CrossFit in the morning generally is my preference and then doing sort of the the bodybuilding sessions in the evening um but again like you say sometimes there's crossover so I, I just kind of um have to make it work uh, sometimes but that's but that's fine it works really well um and, and I'm happy with it. it you know there's a lot of different sorts of stimulus as well which which I'm quite used to with CrossFit obviously so yeah um and it's allowed me to kind of keep the skill working as well which which is probably one of my weaker elements so yeah it's good no it's good it sounds like a lot like it sounds like recovery must need to be like on point for you um what does recovery look like obviously you see you've got your rest days but what else obviously eating lots and yeah so you know, obviously integral to a lot of my sessions, there'll be sort of rehab work, a lot of kind of yeah. the smaller muscle group stuff um, that I'll do um, either as part of the warm up or kind of afterwards, um, just to really make sure as you know, we were speaking about injury earlier, you know, really making sure that I'm maintaining that and keeping on top of it, listening to my body a little bit more of a check in, um, yeah. keeping that mind body connection stuff um, really present um to make sure that that I'm responding when I need to resting when I do need to as I know I've just described a lot of load but sometimes you know I do have to pull back a little bit and that's something that Steph and I discuss a lot um and our check-ins and and um yeah that, that that I have to be aware of making sure good enough sleep you know all of those things so important supplementation um and and thinking about how how that impacts on you know the level of training um yeah and just keeping, you know, positive mindset. Obviously, there's life outside of training as well. And for me, there's been loads of changes and moves and, and exciting stuff happening. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it, it it means that you just got to get the balance. Um, oh, and, and, and it's not always possible to get that right. And and I think, like, ba- just balance looks so different for everyone. Like, um everyone's life and recovery capacity is so different and everyone's you know you like say stress is stress is stress like if your stress is higher in some area of your life it it impacts another area of your life and so as you say I think it's just so important especially for someone like yourself who had whose training demands are incredibly high is that you're just so in tune with your body and with what's happening with you and, and and being able to take that mature step say I actually need to pull back a little bit here because that's it there's more happening on this side of my life now or my body's feeling a little bit extra tired or overtired or overly fatigued and I need to be mindful of that and it's about you say injury prevention and performance long term is more important than the ticket every session off and, and sort of pushing yourself to the max on every single session sometimes taking the step back is is, the, is actually the win and it's actually the the right thing to do no that that's incredibly impressive um so have you been you've also had a couple of crossfit competitions as well how did they go yeah they, they were team competitions yeah. which were yeah they were just really fun and um, uh there was a team of 12 of us we went to um bath university for the strength in depth in january yeah and then it's a really it's all well known and, and um yeah, yeah de- decent competition and uh yeah just some i was really again pretty honored to be in the team with with a lot of those guys they're really you know highly skilled strong um good athletes so yeah just in, just in a different domain just getting to be around people that bring a really nice energy you know are all just inspiring in in their different ways so yeah, yeah just really enjoyed that and and you know I had a lot of guidance um, a whole different nutrition plan for that for the lead up to that weekend um and it massively um helped me like I noticed the difference in in terms of my recovery after the comp I've done CrossFit comps in the past where I've not I've not really paid attention to that sort of thing in the way that I should because I just didn't have the knowledge about it um and I've you know it's taken me a lot longer a lot longer post competition to sort of feel like okay actually yeah I'm not I can actually kind of get back up and you know um 
do some do some other training or, yeah. or feel like I don't have doms for days so <laughs> so that really yeah. did help I think it's I think it's it's crazy how much sometimes you can underestimate like how like nutrition can play a part in in your recovery like even talking about like recovering from like a little bit of of sickness or whatever and you or like illness with a cold or whatever like I have made sure I've eaten like I've had a little cold this week it's like making sure that you're still eating in a surplus every day even though if you're not training like your body's taking extra demands to recover like whatever it is the extra stress of a little injury or a competitive event like getting nailing your nutrition and, and adapting your nutrition is just so important to recovery it's um it's amazing to see the benefits for yourself on the back end of actually nailing that part and maybe just having overlooked it in the past a little bit seeing the difference when you actually apply some focus to it that's great and um, so you're what's the, when are you next on stage then so what's the plan for you bodybuilding wise you competing this year um maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe um maybe later in the year um okay. I I haven't looked beyond uh WMBF UK in terms of um competing um but yeah it would be um towards the end of the year if I were to do so <laughs> I love it no and do you know what I, like I think you have kind of mentioned like you've got you've had like a lot of things going on like you've got things in your like lots of change happening um and obviously with the with the, the way that you that you're training I suppose as well with the the different demands of different sports that you're doing it's good to have an idea of what you'd like to do in mind but also being able to be flexible with that and say you know I, I, maybe I'll look at something at the end of the year but you're not tying yourself into anything and that's that's totally like yeah my plan at the moment is to compete in 2024 but again also I've said you know if I come into next year and I don't feel like I'm where I want to be like it'll be 2025 so um I'm excited to see that I'm really excited <laughs> yeah me too um it's um it's exciting because like you I've never properly invested in an off season like I did about six months before I competed last year where I knew I was going to compete but I didn't start prepping it a bit like you like just had it in my head and um was of course very very driven and going into training thinking in my head okay this is what I think I'm going to work on but this is the first time I've done a real targeted off season um with a coach um who's looking after my nutrition and my um my my programming and we've got like a whole 12 month plan of why we're doing everything that we're doing to get me to where I want to be and it's exciting and it's um it's just exciting also to see how your body responds I suppose like you're saying you you did a one one block on the cobra back and you felt like you've seen and for yourself like being so well trained and so far into your training journey to be able to do a a block or a couple of blocks and to be like wow I can see things changing it's exciting and it's the same for me like I am I've trained for such a long time but never with this level of intensity and targeted focus and to be able to quite quickly see changes in your physique it's it's exciting it's really exciting yeah and I think we really like yeah just reflecting back on that like capitalizing on when that was going to be the best time to do it and I think you know again being under that guidance from someone that understands that um yeah. is so key so like you know really understanding that timing and 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 you know guiding me through that um yeah. I could yeah like I so said I could definitely see the the impact um both aesthetically and um yeah. if, you know for other aspects so yeah absolutely ple really pleased with with that <laughs> exciting exciting so much to look forward to um right well thank you I think that's up thank you so much for sharing your story Tash um I wanted to finish today um with you telling me your top three tips for people who are competing in the first timers championships this year go okay <laughs> so I kind of mentioned one earlier which is sort of like making sure you're staying in your own lane I'm nicking this one from Steph because it is yeah. just so so key um you know bring your own goals be really focused on your own goals um yeah. and yeah really commit to them because that's going to be your grounding um I think one that really was would have been yeah I think one one thing that I learned so another uh, second tip would be 
um, understand why you're doing the things you're doing. So I felt like generally, like during prep, I had pretty good dialogue, um, you know, going on with with um, Steph. So, so that I generally did have a pretty good understanding. But there were a couple of things on show day that I thought, oh, yeah, actually, why am I doing that? And, and I couldn't ask her. <laughs> yeah. So when there needed to be a little bit of a plan change, I, I was like, oh, do I do this first or do I do that that first? Like, wh- when am I taking this supplement? When am I taking that? So yeah. I think if I'd have known why I was doing that, which was my own fault, I, I should have asked, um, then then that would have been a really good guide for me. Yeah. Um, and third tip. What's my third top tip? Um, yeah, just, just give yourself time. I mean, this is ironic coming from me. Um, I should take my own advice, but but yeah, just just give yourself time um, to plan, to prepare, um, to reflect, and yeah, that's those are my three. Yeah, I love that you said to reflect because I think it's so easy just to get so stuck in, just keep plowing forward. But there's so much to learn on the prep journey, and there's so much to learn, especially in your first season. It's so new to you. Um, it's really important to take some time out and just how am I feeling about this um, you know what's the lessons what have I learned what have the challenges been what have I overcome um, it's, it's so important to reflect on the journey as well I, I love that bit so thank you I'm sure that our first timers um, who are getting ready to compete this year are going to get lots from that um, so I actually can't get over how good this little episode's been it's really been really interesting to get an insight um, to yourself how how it's possible to excel as a hybrid athlete um like it's becoming tradition I can't actually let you go without doing our 10 rapid fire questions so this is totally <laughs> going to be my test to see whether guests have been listening to the previous pods because I'm going to do it okay. one, but I'm not telling you that I'm doing it before I when I your questions before we record so I'm just going to go through the, the 10 rapid fire questions I need you to give me the first answer that comes into your head are you ready okay I think so. Let's go for it. Okay. Cream of rice or protein oats? Protein oats. Post-show meal of choice? Oh, something with rice. Something with rice. I know. Just love rice. Yeah, I love rice too. Um, Pump or stem pre-workout? Pump. Mm -hmm. High rep range or low rep range? Low. Steps or Stairmaster? Steps. Free weights or machines? Free weights. Are shows one from the front or one from the back? Back. Off season or prep? Oh, off season, off season, I think. Yeah. Best part of show day? Mm. I can't even think of the best part, all of it. Um, all of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a cop out. That's a cop out answer. I know that. that. I tricked you because that one and then the last question they are kind of thinky ones so I'll give you a wave with not being able to answer that one so <laughs> favorite thing what's your favorite thing about being a natural bodybuilder just the sense of accomplishment like no matter where you place if you don't place at all like just the sense of the learning yeah, yeah just all yeah. the opportunity that brings yeah amazing awesome well thank you so much again for your time um, Tash and thank you all at home for listening so we'll be back in two weeks time again with another incredible guest so next up is David Taylor he's a British lightweight bodybuilding champion a WMBF UK drug tester and he's also my gym buddy we train at the same gym <laughs> so we're gonna die take a real deep dive into the WMBF UK's drug testing protocols the choice to compete naturally and the importance of drug testing and natural support. So I am really looking forward to that one. Um, Until then, thank you again, Tash. Um, Have a great couple of weeks, everyone at home. And this has been the WMBF UK podcast. Check out CNP, our sponsors, and sign up for our events at wnbfuk.com.